Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the fourth day of October. I'm Paul White. Thanks for joining me. I want to remind you that I will be ministering in two days on the sixth day of October on Thursday night at the Healing Grace Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 7 p.m. Central Time. I will be ministering at the Father's Heart Conference. I'm the opening night speaker, and that goes through Saturday night. There is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night services at 7, and then there are Friday and Saturday morning sessions at 9 a.m., two speakers on Friday, two speakers on Saturday, and I have linked the conference schedule to our ministry Facebook page, Paul White Ministries on Facebook, and you can follow us there as that all of our videos always download directly to our Paul White Ministries Facebook page as well, and then if you need specifics on my speaking schedule, you can go to paulwhiteministries.com slash schedule and you'll see when and where I'm speaking. But that that event page will show you the, the entire conference and give you the information that you might need if you're in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area this week. Come see us. I'd love to meet you on Thursday night. <clears throat> Today, we continue our look at the Apostles' Creed. And I, I told you yesterday that our purpose today was to deal with purpose. What is the purpose of the creed? We dealt a little bit with its origins in regards to not just where it came from, but how it was used originally as the rites of baptism. And then whenever the church became the church of the Roman Empire, they began to baptize infants into Christianity. And when that happened, the creed sort of lost its value as as an instruction to baptism. Because if you're going to accept baptism, whether the the baptismal recipient shows faith or not, you're just putting them into the water as a baby, Then, and you're praying over them, then there's no need for them to recite anything. Therefore, the creed became less important as a mode of Christianity or a mode of entering into the faith. So what is the real purpose of the creed? Because because of what I just said, the fact that infant baptism became so prevalent and then there's no reason for an infant and the infant can't speak the creed. So then the creed loses its value as a tool to lead people to Christ. And what's the purpose? Because of that, I come up in a church tradition that didn't use it at all because we didn't see that that value. I was Before I came on today, I was trying to think of something that would be comparable to me. So let me start with this. The, the creeds, regardless of what they were, Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, we'll try to get into that a little bit today, Though they were composed to really bolster up doctrine. And whatever particular points of doctrine were under attack or were the most vulnerable to the society at large, that's why the creeds developed. And it's, it's the very reason why in the Apostles' Creed, there's so much about Jesus and there's so little about the Holy Spirit, because there was a real attack as the creed is formulated, even within, like we said, two generations after Jesus, after the early church. Um, there's an attack on the physical Jesus. This guy didn't really exist. Um, he didn't really raise from the dead. And so that attack prompted the creed to include a lot more about Jesus than any other single figure of the Trinity because there was a great heritage of God and this invisible spirit was not argued that God moved through a spirit, but what was argued was that Jesus had existed and it existed as a man, it existed as God, had existed and died and and was buried and resurrected. All the things that the creed affirm, um, that's why the creed affirmed them so 
vehemently. And I was trying to think of what did we have to compare to that. And I don't know, maybe statements of faith, maybe doctrinal statements of faith, because it's kind of why we branched off into so many different denominational streams. I've, I've heard the number 43,000 different denominational streams and what that really meant. Like, for instance, I was born under a, a small Baptist sect of denomination that as I got older and started reading statements of faith, I realized was a single sentence different than another major denomination. A single sentence. Every point was that other denomination But then there was a single sentence left out, which let me know, and and I'm not digging too deep here, but it let me know that at some point, someone who liked everything about that other denomination disliked one sentence and had enough people around them that disliked that one sentence and made their own statements of faith and and then became their own denomination and felt like they needed to be identified um, as more Baptist than they were anything else, and therefore they tacked an adjective in front of Baptist and became a different denomination. So we had statements of faith, and and everyone has a statement of faith that belongs to some sort of church or religious organization. We don't get up as a church and recite it, but it is a part of who we are. And, and in, in a way, that's what the creed is. And the Apostles' Creed was composed when Christianity was really trying to, to, to define who it was in the middle of a world where there were a, a million religions trying to get people's attention. Um, so it invites us in then. It invites us to count ourselves among the people throughout history, throughout the generations who've expressed their faith in words. Let me give you a quick parse, parsing between the Nicene Creed and the uh, Apostles' Creed. Because as the Roman Creed, that R we talked about yesterday, was evolving into what we call the Apostles' Creed, that was that was only part of the church world. Um, in the in in the early fourth century, in the year three twenty five, the ca- the Council at Nicaea agreed to uh, a creed that we now call the Nicene Creed, and was originally accepted in both the East and the West. Um, but there are whole parts of the church world now who claim when you if you were to say let's recite the creed. They wouldn't say the same words as the Apostles' Creed, and that's because the Nicene Creed uh, became less familiar among the West who had the Apostles' Creed. The Nicene Creed was really a response to a movement in the moment and was a little more complex. And so that's why uh, there's the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. And they both say similar things, but not exactly the same thing. And I kind of use that as an example of of how we have varied over the years while we agree on much the same things we do have variants in the things that that we agree on or disagree on but at the end of the day we have these baseline things that make us sort of who we are by the time you get to the reformation of luther and calvin and eventually the church of england and all of those splits all of them from luther all the way through king henry in england they affirmed the Apostles' Creed. I think that, to me, is one of the more fascinating aspects is that when you get to the great splits, when you get to these Church of England's and the Reformation, they all hold on to the Apostles' Creed because they thought it was the perfect summary of doctrine. And sometimes it was even the outline for the for the things that they did in their worship service. Um, Nicene Creed was part of it, but really the church world at large landed on that 
Apostles' Creed. Um, tomorrow, I want to talk about the creed as a personal statement of faith, and that's going to get me into this uh, very important part, what I consider a very important part of what happens when I, in this creed when I don't really agree or I don't see eye to eye with it. What do we do with that? And I'll give you some options. I'll give you some ideas. And then we're going to start to dig in. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless.